G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. series is entitled, The Son of God, Understanding the Gospel of John, Part 2, a verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. Well, we are at an amazing and wonderful part of the Gospel of John. It's where Jesus teaches in chapter 10 about being the Good Shepherd. It is a metaphor that means a lot to the church and has done for 2,000 years. And so that's the title of our lesson, I Am the Good Shepherd, based on John chapter 10, verses 11 to 18. When we think about God as a shepherd, well, for most of us, we've never been shepherds. We've possibly never even dealt with shepherds. And yet this whole idea of God and Christ as shepherd is one of the most comforting, and peaceful and reassuring things we could have. Go back to the 23rd Psalm, and we're going to look at the 23rd Psalm simultaneously with John chapter 10. But it starts off, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And God is your shepherd. You have everything that you could ever possibly need, as well as many things you would want as well, not just need. I want to read to you just a few verses from our range of verses today, and just listen carefully to what the Lord is saying. Verse 11 of John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. What a contrast here. When the shepherd is around, there is protection, like a bodyguard, from the wiles of the wolf, which we would liken to Satan and his demonic forces. But when the shepherd is not around, and instead there's a hireling that watches after the sheep, when the wolf comes, then the hireling flees from the face of the wolf. Then the wolf has total immunity to attack the flock, to scatter them, to do whatever he wants. Well, in a very fallen world, with not only a lot of intense evil activity, but also even more intense invisible spiritual activity, we need a shepherd who understands all these things, who is more than able and empowered to take care of his people, to protect them, as well as guide and provide for everything they require. That's what we need, and in Jesus Christ, that's precisely what we get. So in this particular lesson of I Am the Good Shepherd, John 10, 
11 to 18, we're going to learn a few things. We're going to contrast and compare what it says in the 23rd Psalm to what it says in John 10. We're also going to see where Jesus speaks about, I know my sheep. This is incredibly important because when you belong to Jesus, not only do you know him, but he knows you. He knows your name, for it is engraved in the book of life. He has numbered the very hairs on your head. He knows when you lie down. He knows when you get up. He even knows your innermost thoughts. So the fact is he knows you well enough that you can go forth with the reassurance that you're in very, very good hands. And even when life takes some difficult turns and you don't understand exactly what's going on, be assured he's still on the throne. He still knows you. He still cares. Everything that happens to you will be for your good. These are some of the things we'll bear in mind, that he'll also talk about laying down his life and other sheep that he will bring to the fold. These other sheep is nothing less than the Gentiles and nations of the world. Now let's read the entire portion of John chapter 10, verses 11 to 18. Our lesson is called, I Am the Good Shepherd, from John 10, 11 to 18. Let's listen to the word of the Lord. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hiring fleeth, because he is a hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and have known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Our reading is from John chapter 10, verses 11 to 18. The lesson again is called, I am the good shepherd. One of the most famous phrases in all the scripture Beginning with verse 11 of John 10, this lesson's Bible reading is all in red, meaning it is a discourse from the Master himself. Here is one of his greatest I am statements, of which there are seven found in the Gospel of John. I am the Good Shepherd. We know that from the 23rd Psalm that the Lord himself is a shepherd. So between this Psalm and John 10, we get a comprehensive picture of what a shepherd does. And by the way, when Jesus uses this phrase, I am the good shepherd, he is indicating that he is divine. In other words, he's linking his statement to the 23rd Psalm. He doesn't say that explicitly, but it becomes really obvious. So let's begin. Psalm 23, verse 1. The shepherd provides for our needs. I shall not want. 
The shepherd, verse 2, provides rest. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. The shepherd provides drink. And that's verse 3 of the 23rd Psalm. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The shepherd restores and refreshes. He restoreth my soul. That's verse 3, and we're still on verse 3 of the 23rd Psalm. Not only does he refresh and restore, but the shepherd leads. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Verse 4, the shepherd protects, and indeed he does. It reads, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. The shepherd comforts. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The shepherd prepares a table to dine. Verse 5, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now, here's some more. Verse 5, The shepherd baptizes in the Holy Spirit. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Now remember that baptism in the Spirit is an anointing. It's an anointing for power. It's an anointing for wisdom. It's an anointing for boldness. It's an anointing for overflow. Out of the overflow comes ministry to many, many other people. That's why the phrase is used, my cup runneth over. Normally, an overflowing cup creates a big mess and great waste, but not when it comes to the anointing and the Holy Spirit. On the contrary, the overflow is very necessary to bring blessing and breakthrough wherever we go. But it goes on. Verse 6, the shepherd gives grace, goodness, and mercy. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Praise God for that. In verse 6, last verse of the 23rd Psalm, the shepherd prepares an eternal dwelling, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is echoed in John 14, verse 2, that in my Father's house there are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. What an amazing all-purpose shepherd we have in Jesus Christ. So back to verse 11 of John 10. The shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Jesus points out the chief function of the shepherd. He risks, and if necessary, sacrifices his life for the sake of the sheep. Now, can there be any greater love than this? Contrast that with verse 12. Fearful hireling, where the shepherd is courageous and offers sacrificial love. He is the one that has a true heart for the sheep. But the hireling is like a mercenary. They're only just doing their job. And apparently, when the crunch comes, they don't do their job very well. As soon as the wolf strikes the flock, the hireling runs away and the wolf wreaks havoc among the sheep. Having a hireling is a recipe for disaster. It's, by the way, it's the same in church life. There are those that are pastors or shepherds of the flock, 
because they not only have the call of God on their life, but they actually care for the people. Now, it does happen that there are people there, pastors, that it's a meal ticket. That's how they earn their living, pay their bills, feed their families. And while there's nothing wrong with wanting to pay your bills and feed your families, the problem is that, of course, ministry is not a job. It's a calling. And it's a calling that transcends the mindset of the worker and laborer. Remember that in Australia, as well as other places, there is a worker's mindset of this is not in my job description. These are my entitlements, my benefits, my rostered days off, my annual leave, my long service leave. When people are more conscious about rights and entitlements and pay than they are about the duty before them, that is not a shepherd's mindset. I'm sorry, it's a hireling's mindset. And when the going gets tough, the hireling flees. That's what happens in ministry. I ought to know. I've trained many people for ministry. I myself have been in a long time. You can tell the true shepherds from the hirelings very easily. Reason for fleeing. John 10, verse 13. Why does the hireling flee from the presence of the wolf? Well, for the simple reason, he is a hireling. He's not a shepherd. He's doing the job for money, not out of call, and not out of conviction. And so Jesus goes further, of course, as he always does. And that is in verse 14. I know my sheep. He reiterates, I am the good shepherd. Why? Because I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. This should be of immense comfort to true believers. That the fact is that the greatest person in the universe knows who you are, has you in his mind, you are the apple of his eye, you are the lily of the valley, you are, how should we say it, you are very special to that one who calls you by name, and that he cares enough for you not only to die and to rise from the dead, but to also prepare a place for you. This is comforting. But the converse is not comforting at all. It's terrifying. Think of the words that Jesus spoke in Matthew 7, verse 23, where people are coming to him and saying, Lord, Lord, didn't we not prophesy? Didn't we do great works in your name? And so on and so forth. And what does he say? I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now, that particular portion of Scripture would require a fair bit of time to unpack, so we won't do it. We'll stick to John 10, but let's just be looking at the positive side. Jesus knows his sheep. In verse 15 of John 10, the good shepherd also knows the Father, the Heavenly Father, or God the Father, and the Father knows him. Then he repeats the phrase, and I lay down my life for the sheep. You know, if God says something once, that's pretty much enough. But when he says it twice, the emphasis can be almost deafening. It's, it's like crying out for our attention and for our obedience. But then he goes on to speak a wonderful mystery. 
John 10, verse 16, the other sheep. This is what Jesus refers to, other sheep that are not of this fold. So who are these other sheep? Now, remember, he's speaking to his disciples. These are Jewish men. They are Israelites, like himself. But he's talking about people not from the flock of Israel. These are the nations, the Gentiles. They will hear his voice, and there will be one fold, and there will be one shepherd. If, as some Jews teach, Gentiles means nations and heathen, then when a Gentile comes to faith in Jesus, he or she is no longer a Gentile, but a Christian, because that person worships the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That person reads the same holy book as the chosen people, that same person, this once Gentile, is grafted in to the Hebrew olive tree. So there is one fold, not two, one shepherd, one faith, one baptism, and all those people, this one fold, belong to the universal small c Catholic Church, universal church with all born-again believers from the day of Pentecost to the second coming of Christ. Verse 17, the father loves Jesus because he willingly lays down his life for the sake of the sheep and takes it up again also for the sake of the sheep. Romans chapter 4 verse 25 reads, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. He is referring to the crucifixion and resurrection. Finally, verse 18 of John 10, power. Jesus speaks about having power to surrender his life as an atoning death for humanity's sin. No one takes his life from him. He freely and voluntarily lays it down of his own accord. He also speaks about taking it up again in the resurrection. This commandment he received from the highest authority, namely God the Father. Now our lesson is called, I Am the Good Shepherd. And our lesson for life is this. When you recognize that Jesus is your shepherd, you will have nothing to worry about again. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.